The following is a Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to the Power Cap Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the Power Cap Podcast. And now, let's go to the Spirit Street Studios. Here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the Power Cat Podcast. Signing day has arrived on Wednesday. We're recording on Tuesday night. Zach is yawning. I am struggling with a cold or something going on in Riley's just Riley. I'm just here. Tim Fitzgerald, Riley Gates, and Zach Carlson, your podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Man, guys, I'm off to a start here. And I put my pants on backwards today, for God's sakes. I actually did that, too. What's going on? <laughs> Zach? Did no. You, did you get dressed properly? I'm on a million-day streak of getting my pants on right. <laughs> Million-day. Yep, you're screwed for tomorrow, man. Just jinxed uh, it. Yeah, it's, it's signing day. This press conference is going to be very interesting. Chris Kleiman will be there at 3.30. Taylor Bratt will have some breakout sessions. Um yeah, and, you know it's a very interesting because most of these guys he didn't actually recruit. They kind of held on to him. Some of the guys, for, you know, we're going to wait now. Uh, KU's done a nice job of uh, annoying people. I think here, I don't know that they're actually going to steal anyone, but we think we're going to have a few surprises, right, Riley? That we don't have on our list right yeah, now. Probably so. Yeah, it looks like they had a couple commitments that have gone into the depths here and, and kind of kept themselves secret just to cut down on the nonsense leading up to Wednesday. But we will be there in force as we do at GoPowerCat.com. The whole crew will be there. That includes D. Scott Fritchen, our faithful sidekick and football beat writer. Um, and Ryan Wallace will be chiming in from Kansas City whenever he can as he and his wife celebrate the birth of their first. Congratulations, Wally. That's nice. We knew you had it in you. Well, we actually didn't know. We had done no scientific studies to know that you could do this. But we were confident. He doesn't listen to this. Well, I'm glad at this <laughs> point. Uh, you know what? Uh, we were brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and I usually put in something really witty right here. But I, I got nothing today, guys. Well, Ooh. people complained. I. Yeah, what? Yeah, well. Well, I mean, just the, the banter. Hey, you know what? They're going to have to go with it. And who was it? Yo, Mama, or I Like Pickles, so that's what a podcast is, folks. Yeah. Kind of sit around, and it's not a formal radio show. I'll make a plug for the fridge. Do it. Do you drink Crown Royal, and you get those bags, and you wonder, what do I do with this bag? It's so nice, I don't want to throw it out. Take it to the fridge. They have a slot there that you can recycle them in, and while you're there, you can spend more money on other alcohols. So, basically, they collect the the bags? Yeah, there's like a... Recycling bucket. Yeah, I'm sure they do something with them. Do they give them to the homeless? I don't. Do they make like blankets for the homeless? I don't think so. Bikinis for the homeless? I was actually going to make a blanket out of it. I was saving them for quite some time. That'd be nice, Zach. I had like homeless folks don't. Maybe some guy down here that lives down here somewhere downtown would like a speedo for the winter, and it can be out of a crown sack. I could say much more, but I'm not going to. Okay. I had I had a lot of those that I was saving to make a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. love that. And then I found out that if you just stitch a bunch of those bags together, 
it looks really bad. It looks pretty sloppy. Um, and then if you have it like professionally made, so it's like half blanket and then like kind of um, the logo, the crown logo, like put in throughout mm-hmm. the blanket. It's uh, a lot of money. Yeah. Yep. I didn't realize how expensive blankets were. Yeah. So um, I threw away a lot of them one day. <laughs> That's too bad. Homeless people could have used those. Get into the fridge. Take your sack there and help the homeless. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't know. It's just that, that was his read. I just threw it my own spin on it. Uh, and the segment's brought to you by Tanners. Uh, don't take anything to Tanners other than your appetite and your liver, uh, and get ready for a good time. Take your wallet. Oh, and your wallet. What wallet? That one's kind of mostly full of money to tip. You uh, can tip us if you want. Just leave it for the guys. Ah, Tanners at the corner of Twelfth and Morrow. Right next to regrets and lost hopes. Here we go. Um, questions from all bass stations. Zach Carlson, we are running on low energy here. So let's get this going. From GT Cat, can D. Scott or someone write a timeline style article that lays out the rich tradition of the walking boot here at Kansas State for the men's basketball team? I'm telling you, I joked about it last year, but I'm going to actually ask about sponsorship opportunities so that Coach. Weber has to talk about, well, Dean was fitted for a GoPowerCat.com walking boot. Like, you know, exactly. Like NASCAR. You know, we're just going to we're gonna have our logo on the walking boots. They'll have to refer to them, you know, like, you know, the metal yellow Chevrolet or whatever it is. It's going to be the GoPowerCat.com walking boot. It's ridiculous. We could buy ad space saying the GoPowerCat.com lower extremity injury report. I like it. It's absolutely ridiculous at this point. Yeah. Uh, we've got a few other things on our plate, GT. I think we'll stick with that. Um, until they admit they have a problem, I'm not going to delve too much more into the problem. You know, honestly, this is kind of like they're in denial. They're in complete denial. No, it's not the floor. It's not the floor and practice facility. It's not the floor and parameters. No, no, nothing to see here. Snap, crack, rip, pop. Thank you. Tear. That I guess that would go. Yeah, that's not really sound. But until they admit it, we're not going to do the story. But man, there's been a lot of walking boots. Boots are made for walking. Let's go. From Canelio with Dean Wade now out. It's pretty much now or never with Maween, is it not? I mean, sorry to hear that about your Ween. (laughs) I mean, yes and no. I think this is an excellent opportunity for him to step up and show um, what he can contribute to this team without Dean in the lineup, but also this team isn't going to live and die off of McCall Moline's production right now. He's not that guy. It needs to be Xavier. It needs to be Barry. It needs to be Cam, I guess, to a certain extent. Cam, whatever. But uh, McCall just needs to provide a solid addition. He just, he's, like I said, he's never going to be the guy. He's never going to go out there and and drop 24 and 12 on a nightly basis. He's not going to do that. And it's not like Dean Wade was taking that ability away from him. He just, that's just not who Mac is, period, in a story. Hey, Mac's job gets real easy if he rips off a rebound, throws it out, a nice outlet pass, which he does pretty well. They get up and run down the court and score real fast. That's that's a big man's dream. You don't have to bother yeah. running down there. There we go. I Just get out and run, guys. Do what you did in the NCAA tournament. Go have some fun. 
from Limestone Silo. Let's assume Wade can't return this year. Reset your conference and postseason expectations for this team. Well, okay. This is a quandary here. This is a quandary. Do you lower your expectations and say, well, sixth, and maybe they get in into, into the NCAA tournament, but maybe it's an IT? Then how do you explain the Elite Eight last year without Dean Wade? Exactly. I mean, is this an excuse that they're not going to play as well when they played their best basketball last year without him? This is what I get really interested to see how they hold, how they handle this. Not and not just the team themselves, Bruce Weber and press conferences. I'm talking like everybody in terms of how do how do we spin this story here? How do how what type of angle do we take here? Because if if we're really going to sit here and and tell people. Um, you know, let's say this goes south. Let's say they start 0-3 in the Big 12. Well, you know, that's what happens when you lose Dean Wade. That's just, it's going to happen. I don't believe that for one second. Because um, all, all summer it was about, oh, my goodness, look at all the experience they return, all the talent they have coming back. Barry Brown, Kamal Stokes. Oh, and then you mentioned Xavier Sneed. I mean, it. I'm interested to see if, if the story takes a different angle than what it took last year, I feel like a lot of the time people will spin the narrative to fit what they want to believe or fit what they want to get away with saying about something. But to me, there's no reason that the expectation should dramatically drop off. Now, do I think they can contend with Kansas without Dean Wade? Absolutely not. I mean, I, I don't, was having trouble believing they would even sniff KU with Dean Wade. I think this KU team is really, really good this year. Um, but I don't think that means that 6th or 7th in the Big 12 is now the expectation. I mean, I still think you should push for a top three spot. I mean, if you went to the Elite Eight with this team on the floor last year, and no, Bruce Weber, it's not a different team. He said it's a new team. It's not a new team. But I, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't expect a, you know, top three, top four finish out of this team um, just because they lost one player. I mean... Like we said, they did it without him last year. Why can't they do it again this year? From I Like Pickles Cat, why does the basketball team play better without Dean Wade? <laughs> I just think they, they get a sense of urgency. We got to go do it now. And they, they get aggressive. And, and plus, they seem to just want to run, which is weird because they can run with Dean. I don't see them doing anything without Dean that they, can do, they can't do without, with him. It's not like he's a bad influence on this team. You know, some guys, you just, they're really good players, but you take them off the court, the team becomes better because it's more of a team. I don't see that being the case. It is really difficult to explain. But they do get up and down the court. This is not a good half-court team. And I blame Bruce Weber for that. For whatever reason, the half-court offense traditionally just doesn't work. If they're hitting outside shots, it works. If not, they're pretty miserable. They can't you know, survive a zone to save their lives. But what they do tend to do when they're without Dean Wade is get in the open court and run. They did it to Georgia State. They absolutely got up and down the court, pushed the tempo, and they scored easy baskets at the rim. They relaxed. They hit outside shots. Once they start scoring easy baskets by getting up and down the court, they just relax on offense and play better. My dad pointed this one out. It's, it's also like, the the focus of the offense a lot of the time is get Dean the ball. Let Dean shoot the ball. And then Dean he does get it. it. Yeah. And he either doesn't do it or he does it and misses. And now without Dean, 
where are you going? Well, you know, Barry Brown's the next best player, but are you telling me that he's the only or he's he's who the offense should work through? No, he's just not he's not like Dean. So you get the ball movement a little bit more. You get it uh, spaced out a little bit more across the floor, and and I think it, it benefits this team. So I'm not willing to say they play better without him because that makes it sound like you want him out of the out of the game, and that's not what you want. But numbers do kind of speak to it, you know, kind of production levels at times, and it's it's weird <laughs> that they are an improved team with him off of the floor. From StatCat11, do you think Weber will ever change his style of always pulling a player with two fouls out until halftime? No. 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 I. It's just – it's an old coaching philosophy. A lot, of the, a lot of the older coaches do it. I see his point, but I guess my thought is, hey, if the guy has two fouls, your team's getting in trouble. Uh, let's say your team's in trouble – as you get to the under four timeout or whatever, well, play him, play him, and if he gets his third foul, he certainly comes out, and then you don't play him till after the under sixteen timeout in the second half. It's the same amount of time. I, you know, I, I don't know why I'm suggesting it. it's not going to change. Yeah, I, I'm somewhere in the middle because I think he should back away from that, but he also kind of made a an interesting point today he said you know if if i leave him there with two and he picks up a third foul well then i get criticized for leaving a guy in too long and then he picked up a third so i understand his angle there um and i agree with it to a certain extent but also you can't just it kills everything you know when when you put him on the bench right away it just that you lose that momentum you lose that energy um and i understand you got to play differently but if a player can't adjust you know he said today well, Barry doesn't play as aggressive a defense with two fouls as he does with zero or one foul because, you know, obviously he's going to be in foul trouble. I understand that. I get it. But a player should be able to play good defense without fouling. I mean, you, should, you shouldn't have to back off your intensity um, just to, to avoid that foul. So I'm kind of somewhere in the middle of it. I feel like it's damned, you did, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, and, and, again – supposed to be a deep team supposed to be a team with some depth one guy going into foul trouble really shouldn't hurt him that bad from Watacat, what is going on with austin trice <laughs> your guess is as good as mine he said they didn't play him because he struggled against his zone oh yeah because the rest of the team's so good that but following that philosophy they shouldn't put anyone on the court exactly i i don't understand that at all um maybe he's struggling to adjust a little bit yet maybe it kind of hit him a little bit harder than than he thought it would but i I just i don't buy that excuse he struggles against a zone everybody struggles against a zone on this team and with all due respect to levi stockard oh my god he he at least james trice james James (laughs) what the heck was that at least Austin Trice is going to come in the court and really turn up the uh, energy level. Yeah, I don't get it. I just I'm, this one bewilders me. But I'm going to give him give him this. I don't see practice. Maybe something's going on there. But here's a kid that seems like he's a good influence. A good he brings a good vibe to the team. Can't shoot free throws very well. Not a great offensive threat. But he can rebound, and that's your biggest weakness. I'm telling you, if you want, if you're going to be a team that gets out and runs and attacks the other team, 
you got to rebound the ball first. Mm-hmm. And uh, whatever. Well, I just I, – I can't explain Bruce in some ways. What's the point of de- player development if you're not going to – you know, I understand at certain times, hey, why don't, – don't put a guy out there if he struggles with something. But in something as simple as he struggles against his own defense, wouldn't you want him to try to break that habit? Wouldn't you want him to learn that so that way when Dean Wade goes down with an injury or Levi Stalker goes into foul trouble or something like that and – and Baylor's playing a, a two-three zone. He can go in there and be productive and, and figure it out. I just that didn't make any sense to me, and I, I didn't like that comment. Last question of the first half from Solly forty-three. How concerned are you about the K-State basketball program once Brown and Wade move on? It's tough for me. It's tough to fully answer this question accurately because. I am very concerned because I don't think they hit the home run in 2019 class that they needed to. I think they got one home run player in Dewan Gordon, although I think it's Dijon. I think I read that the other I'm not, day. I'm not going to say that. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not. I'm not doing it. It should be Dewan. Diara. Yeah, I'm Jada. not doing it. I'm not going to call him Car- Cartier. <laughs> so I think they got that, but then I think they got three. I refuse. Projects to an extent. Um, three guys that could be really good. So it doesn't excite me necessarily about replacing that production later down the line. But then in their defense, a guy like Barry Brown was not supposed to be this. He was not that good out of high school. He didn't really have that many offers. And now he's an all-Big 12 player. Um, you've seen other guys come along. And so it's tough for me to be sitting here and say that it's it's sunk and, and the future's in trouble. But it's also tough for me to come out here and say, oh, it'll be fine. Someone will step up because you just don't know. Good programs don't have constant reloading. I mean, this will be the second time in, what, we're in year six? In seven. seven. This is the seventh year? This is the seventh year. Holy cow, really? Yeah. Just Did hard. I block out for an entire season? <laughs> well, you have had cancer this year. Well, I don't think that's it. <laughs> hey, uh, so – you know, we'll we're, we're be looking at year eight and a second dip, you know, where they reloaded the last time. It looked like it was going to work, and then it all fell apart. This time, we've got some real doubts. Maybe it'll happen, but you just can't have back to, you know, back years where you just don't get in the NCAA tournament, and you're struggling to get in the NIT. And Oh, but once every four or five years, we're going to have a really good team. That's not what good programs do, so... We'll see. Let's have faith. They're an Elite Eight program. They were underranked at 12 to start the season, remember? Disrespect. Yep. Yeah, because you'd hate to go earn it on the court by beating teams like Tulsa. <clears throat> That's it for the first half of the Paracat podcast. I didn't know that was going to be all basketball. That caught me off guard. I was not properly mentally prepared for this. I'm trying to keep you on your toes. We'll go back to football in the next, set, in the wow. next half. And that was kind of quick. This is not going to be a long podcast, apparently. This is going to be kind of quick. Huge drop-off in number of questions this week. <laughs> Last week, we had four pages of them. People are, I I think people are a little worn out. They're kind of gathering themselves, and they'll be back here in the near future. Uh, but we're going to take a little pause right here. We're sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. This is the Powercat Podcast from the team at GoPowerCat.com, the fastest-growing website. On the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm going to be using that for like three years. Even though it's not true. Number one sports bar in America. Yeah, exactly. We're just going to be like that. Number one sports bar in America is voted on in 2009. 
And we are sponsored by the number one uh, liquor store in Manhattan. It's voted on by me every damn day. That's The Fridge, and we'll be right back. The Power Camp Podcast continues shortly. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus they're back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. We now return to the Power Cat Podcast. The Power Cat Podcast is back. Short this week, apparently. Apparently, you guys didn't bring the goods. I'm blaming you, the listener. You, the question asker. Well, let's put it this way. We hired a coach. We, and th- we, we, we did not. Oh, excuse me. We did not. We, we Apparently, some people think we hire and fire people at GoParacat.com. <laughs> We don't. We don't do any of that. We just cover the teams. So there was a there was a coaching hire, and then there was an introductory press conference, and so everybody got the climbing hype, and then it's called the Cly high. And then everybody kind of calmed down from that. You know, it's like, all right, all right, all right. Got a coach. Got a coach. What else is going to happen? Well, we'll have to wait till signing day. See what happens then. Who are the coordinators going to be? I don't know yet. We'll have to wait on that. So, football's a little bit up in limbo right now. And so, what does that happen in the middle of December when football's in limbo? Well, basketball. Basketball. Well, basketball. Okay. Well, lost to Tulsa, um, and then lost to or beat Georgia State, but it wasn't a great game. Lost two players. Weird week. It's been weird a, week. It's been weird. Uh, yeah, I know you're all coming down off for your Cly High, uh, but it is signing day on Wednesday. We're going to have lots of coverage at GoParacat.com. And, of course, we're monitoring the coaching staff. We gave you that analysis of what we think might go on, and honestly, about three of those positions were kind of guesses, like educated guesses. You know, that we didn't pull people out of the hat and say, Jerry Smith from – Certainly wasn't putting Mike Leach on a hot board type thing. No, that's crazy. Why would you do that? Um, and um, I, I think about two-thirds of that staff were, were were locked in on it. And I threw in the recruiting coordinator and the director of football operations because I know those two good dudes are going to be on the staff in some role. So that way I got to count that into my batting percentage. Got it. Got to win. Knock it. <sighs> 
Put that one on. Win the dang day. Via percentages. When when you put your pants on backwards to start the day, you're not winning nothing. Sometimes you win the day. Sometimes the day wins you. (laughs) Some days you're trying not to pee your pants. Believe me, that's the way it is around here lately. So uh, we're going to press on now. This is the Powercat Podcast, sponsored by The Fridge. Get in the fridge. It's holiday time. uh, And uh, they have lots of uh, holiday drinks. I'm sure there's some Ramshada cinnamon Christmas thing you can come up with. I, I've, I've been wanting to try all the Christmas beers. And so, go in, saw the Boulevard Christmas beer, and I was like, oh, yeah, let's try that. Grab it. As I'm walking to the counter, well, kind of curving, I guess, to the counter, I see a Shinerbach Christmas beer. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't decide. So I just got both. That a boy. They're both really good. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, you know, Just talking. Uh, the other day I was in uh, Tanner's, which was our first segment sponsor, and I had a uh, a really good Christmas beer. It was called Pacifico Mexican beer. It's really not Christmas at all, but, <laughs> but I, had, I, had I had it at Christmas time. <laughs> so that's a Christmas beer to me. This segment is sponsored by Wahoo Fire and Ice Grill. Uh, you know what's great about Wahoo? It's always a holiday there. You just feel like it's special when you're in Wahoo. I don't, I don't know why. I, don't know. I was going somewhere. <laughs> I always feel like it's a holiday. Feeling, you know, it might be like Flag Day. I think Fajita fun. Night should be a holiday. Oh, my gosh. I'm glad you said that. I have a date with the wife on Thursday night. Really? Yeah. We're, we're doing fajitas. I, mean, I figured you would probably do the fajitas. but And then going home and probably going to bed at 8. Cause we're- <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fajitas are so good. They're so big. It's not like you go into fajitas and like they give you four tortillas, but you only got enough for three. So then you got to make some harsh decisions about. You uh, have too little of meat sometimes? Yeah. Sometimes they'll give you four things, but not enough meat. And other times they'll give you Way three tortillas and too much meat. And you're making decisions here. I don't want these decisions. I want to have plenty of meat and plenty of tortillas, uh, and then we can just figure it out. Maybe I get to the end, and I'm like, hey, I've got a six tortilla here. Maybe I'll just have the onion one here, some onion and some cheese and some sour cream. I'll rock with that. Okay. Yeah. That's called the farty fajita. <laughs> but their, their specialty fajitas are amazing. Of course, most of them right now I really can't eat, but we're, we're going to see how we're doing. We're going to okay. try something else. Hey, just, you know, Becky doesn't wake up for anything, so. We're just going to roll the dice on for you tonight and see what yeah. happens. Who knows? Come on in to Wahoo Fire and Ice Grill on Thursday night, and you might see Fitz have a big accident. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Segment two, questions from Wild Bass Station. Here's Zach. From Watercat, what is the temperature of the fan base a week post-climbing higher? <laughs> it's still hot, but it's hot in a good way. <laughs> I'm just, I'm fully entertained by the people who are, this is horrible, what you're doing, this is horrible. I'll give credit to the people who said, okay, I made a mistake. But there's a lot of people out there who are just ignoring they said that and are like, oh, this is great. You got to get on Team Cloy. You got to, come on, dude, we're not idiots. We know what you said. We know the trash you talked when when it was going to go down. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Um, I'm laughing because as someone from afar, well, I say afar, about as close as you could be, but, uh, as someone that's looking at it objectively, <clears throat> excuse me, it's, it's funny because we all were like, oh, I don't think he'll, he won't hire climbing. He won't hire climbing. I really didn't. There's no would. way he'll hire climbing. 
And then you got it closer, and you're like, wait, he might, he might hire Clyde. Yeah. So up up to the day he did it, I'm like, surely he's not going to do this. But, yeah, watching the fans has been fun because it started out on one end and went to the other. You know, and I was always saying, look, I think he might be the best coach out there of, of these choices. But I just didn't think because of the backlash. But he stuck to his guns. He really believes in this guy. And now I think we're all seeing why he did it. He kind of hits the right notes with fans and, and tends to be here long term, isn't eyeing Oklahoma or another opportunity. He doesn't want $3.5 million or whatever Norvell wanted. I don't know. Um, you think about it, they're paying Kleiman less at K State, I believe, than what Norvell makes at Memphis, which makes no sense to me. So. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really happy. I think it's going to be a uh, it's a really good fit. Now you got to get to the football part. Um, that's equally important. People obviously. will flip very quickly if they're not wins. Nope. From Imonica, hypothetically speaking, how does a win against Iowa State change the coaching coaching search? Well, I, you know, honestly, I don't know. I there was going to be a change. I think that's clear now. There, there was going to be a change, so it would have really screwed up the program. For I mean, this wouldn't be going on right now. I mean, there would still be a bowl game to play. Yes, it would have changed some things. However, I'll say this: I think. Well, I don't. I don't see any way that Bill Snyder retires before the bowl game. Mm-hmm. He waits until after. And to me, that says Kansas State still hires Chris Kleiman. Well, I think it would have been more obvious to Chris Kleiman. Right. In hindsight, K-State would have rolled to the bowl. They would have won their 400th national championship, and then they would have been hired in January 6th. Yeah. So I guess it doesn't necessarily change a ton at the end of the day because it's kind of the same story, we think. Um, But also at the same time, it changes the – if the Bill Snyder era drug on for another month – Things could have gotten ugly, mm-hmm. as if they weren't in a, already ugly enough. Um, because every single day that passed by that Bill Snyder didn't retire, fans would have grown more upset. You know, you're further, you're further sinking this, and, and on and on. So it it would have been interesting. It would have been an interesting month. Let's say that. From TN Cat, can we lure Annie Hansen away from Oklahoma and make a happier home life for her and Zach being together in Manhattan? I think it's very nice that this person wants to make them a happy home. Why, I don't know, Zach, Zach, are you, are you an Annie Hansen fan? Is that why it make your life better? What? Zach, it says Zach. Zach Hansen. Oh. I understand. That ma- it makes sense. Oh, it, it makes sense. I thought we were really getting into some ground I didn't want to cover. <laughs> uh, Zach with an H. Yeah, I didn't think of it as me because <laughs> it had an H on it. I mean, I didn't. I, I was Sorry. I was saying it for comedic purposes. I know you were, and I didn't get the joke. <laughs> Over your head. I, uh, I think his name should be Zatch. But that's just me. I agree. Zatch, and you get to be Zach. It's uh, gonna take- here's a problem. I think he... He, I think Annie as uh, she's got a cool title too. What is it, director? It's basically deck director of recruiting operations, like director of football operations, executive. I mean, director. is that what it is exactly? <laughs> yeah, well, it's executive director. I think. Uh, I think she's at one hundred fifteen thousand a year. Oof. I don't see Casey having the budget for that. Well, so unless I, that's when it gets interesting. It's not even just the budget to pay her; it's the budget to build that 
staff, you know, right. or that that aspect of the program that isn't here. It's not like they're just replacing someone. It, they're literally going to have to build it. Um, and and that's assuming that Zach Hansen is on this staff. I mean, we haven't seen him out on the road recruiting mm-hmm. as much as we have Colin Klein and Blake Seiler and, and Taylor Brad, et cetera. So I, my gut doesn't – well, my gut tells me she won't be here. I just don't see her being here. If Oklahoma can create something for – I'll be blunt. I think Oklahoma has a better chance to create – an opportunity for Zach than K-State does for her. Yes. Budget's bigger. They probably have more support, quality control people that aren't just former players in their first or second year. You know, I like that K-State does that, creates opportunities for guys like Drew Little, and, you know, I I like that a lot. But most programs are quality control guys or veteran or, or coaches that are actually, you know, been around the block a little bit. So maybe Zach does something like that. I don't know. Like Zach's that much older than Drew, but um, I wouldn't put money on it. Yeah, I mean that was one of the reaches I had on on the uh, on the coaching list. I, you know, I just I think that's an opportunity there to go get someone. That's that's one of those jobs that some your staff needs to have the high paid guys that you had to go attract. You know, if, for example, if they went to get a Daryl Wyatt, which I don't know that they're going to, they need to, I believe, that's going to take some money you, to go get him out of Orlando and, and just make him receivers coach. And, and, you know, you're going to have to give him something to make it worth his while. But you got to have, you know, a couple guys on the staff. Maybe your receivers or your tight end coach, maybe your defensive ends coach, where there's just some guys that, you know, have different or are not. As well, high paid, and that's certainly one place you can do it. Man, I'm babbling. I just that's I can't talk today, guys. I'd rather you babble. I'm a little worried about myself. I seem like I'm off my game. First of all, yep, this this low voice. Uh, Are you going through puberty right now? Did did he just say "yep" right in the middle of my sentence? Like he agreed, eagerly agreed with everything. I just just, yep, like you always say yep. Yep, I agree. Yep. Okay. Let's go. Let's move on. From from exhausted nihilist. While I realize Craig Bull is not exactly Bill Snyder, do you think Kleiman seamlessly taking over the North Dakota State football steamroller in the past gives him some valuable experience in taking the reins over from a legendary coach slash program? You know, this the, the interesting thing about this is, I know we all give Craig Bull credit for getting that going. But it didn't really happen until Kleiman arrived. Mm-hmm. That's when the program took off. It's when he took over as defensive coordinator. Uh, then he perpetuated. And notice Craig Bowles falling off the end of the earth now at Wyoming and not doing so well. So um, I think he understands what it takes to run a winning program. Can I also say this? And this is going to come off as me <clears throat> maybe not. This might upset some K-State fans. I think Chris Kleiman understands what Bill Snyder was as a whole and what he means to this university. But they were five and seven this year. They were eight and five, eight and five the year before. It's not like he's taking over the program that was winning eleven games and was ranked in the top twenty. He's not. Nothing about this job. I believe, does he fear? I think he looks at it and says, okay, I'm going to take this program and I'm going to win some football games. And period, end of story. And 
uh, a legendary coach did coach before me, and I understand I'm following his footsteps. But if he falls off the face of the earth like like Craig Bull, and he has one bowl game in three or four years like Ron Prince, and they fire him, it's not like he sunk a ship. Okay, this is a very in between time right now for K State football. It's kind of going south. They need someone to stop it from from continuing to go south. Um, but it's not like he's taking over a program that just won a Big 12 championship and he sinks it. That's what I'm trying to say. So I don't think he thinks like that. You keep saying going south. Are we moving? I mean, I I wouldn't mind covering football in, like, Padre. That's too hot. It's so far away. No, but I think the whole, he keeps saying the program's going south. I think we're moving this damn thing. Basketball program went to relocating, once. changing the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Did you, did you know they didn't used to be the Indianapolis Colts? We can't afford. What happened? Yeah. We can't well, afford to be in Padre and, and fly to. Did they move Morgan overnight? Town. I don't have no, I have no <laughs> idea. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Las Vegas, Kansas State University does not sound bad to me. Now that's going west, not south. But you just say Kansas State University at love at Las Vegas. Oh, that makes better sense. Kansas yeah. State University at New Orleans, Zephyrs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm in. Uh, from Wildcat Pilot eighty eight, another new one. Welcome. What should expectations be with early signing day? What will be considered a success for Kleiman's first recruiting attempts? Um, hold on, shouldn't we be asking him questions? Hey, Wildcat Pilot, where'd you fly, Gene Taylor? <laughs> Come on, tell us. What's uh, he on that plane in Salina? Yeah, these guys want to know. Uh, I, I don't think there is a fair judgment here. I really don't. No. I mean, he's picking up the pieces, signing the guys. Right now, I think they're getting guys that can help them. I want to see what they do in the spring. I think in the spring, you're going to be talking about some junior college guys uh, going out and finding some guys that may be held off for other reasons that you can get on late. There's not many out there. Some. I think that you're going to see some grad transfers here, folks. I think you're going to see a couple guys that come in from other institutions and can play right away. Particularly, they're looking for one at running back. I also think that it's like he's not how – many, how many players can you tell me that Kansas State has ever signed in December that made a significant impact? And I can only think of one, and that was Jake Waters. That's the only guy, and I'm sure I'm probably missing on someone, so don't yell at me if I did. But – it's not like he can come in here on December 13th or whatever and, and sign a bunch of really impactful players and suddenly, boom, his recruiting efforts take off. 2020 is your real judge of Chris Kleiman as a football recruiter. So This was always going to be a little bit smaller class, which I don't quite understand because they should have the scholarships available uh, to give out because mm-hmm. they are so low on the scholarship count. But uh, I, think I think they recognize that they're going to get the players they can get this year uh, without reaching and burning scholarships and you know keep their powder dry, so to speak, to use an old metaphor, uh, and attack next recruiting season when they have a full cycle, full, coach, full coaching staff. Keep the powder dry? Yeah, it's an old war thing. You gotta keep your powder dry. You gotta keep it in reserve so you can fire your cannons. Hmm. Yeah. Can't have what powder. Yeah. I guess I was thinking like baby powder, so it's Yeah, you can do that too. Yeah. Didn't really make sense. From Wildcat Wabash, where do you expect him to be in regards to locking up assistant coaches by end of the week? I want it right now. He said today on Petro that he hoped to have it done by January first. 
Yeah, it's a process. I I think we're going to see it in three waves, essentially. We're going to get the early wave here of the guys that are retaining. Um, I think you're going to then see uh, another wave there. Maybe they'll announce the guys that are are moving. Uh, that's the interesting one. Do you announce that before their game on January 5th? It just seems odd. But I think it's pretty well known who that Messingham and Riley are coming to run the offense. No, They're, I am not. Third guy, not, not you. No. Sorry. No, it's Connor Riley with mm. one N. Very Irish there. Um, so why not just announce it? Just get it out of the way. Get it off the table before it's game week up there. I guess I, I'm really shocked we didn't get anything today. I'm too. Maybe it all would... comes tomorrow. I I just thought they'd want it out there. They, they, if they... You just want to manage your information. If you're, if you're in this business, maybe – you have recruiting tomorrow and then coaches on Thursday or Friday. You you want to perpetuate the conversation about Kansas State football. If they uh, put out coaches on National Signing Day, my head might literally explode. I know this. I don't think the head coach is going to sit there on National Signing Day and say he's not sure if he's coming back while other guys were still deciding if they wanted to sign. That one, that didn't work out well last year at all. Nope. Last question of the second half from Purple Powerhouse. Is there any way Gene Taylor and Coach Kleiman can cut ties without Sean or with Sean without burning bridges with Bill? No, I don't think so. I know. I think it's all very personal. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the best solution to this problem is Sean goes and finds a job. But I don't know if, if he doesn't want to – I mean, he's – He's royalty in Manhattan. You give that up, and you're just a special teams coach in Chapel Hill. Nobody knows who you are. That's, there's a certain level of addiction to that. And, and plus, let's be honest, he's always been here, and his father's 79 years old. So, uh, I, like I said in an earlier post at Wabash Station, I've, I've shared a lot of stuff over there that we're not going to talk about here. I think the best role for Sean Snyder is to work for his father. His father in himself is a multi-million dollar corporation. I mean, there's a lot of things they can do, including I, I really believe they should offer a master class in offensive football. You know how people would buy that? Uh, you know, you get a master class. I just saw one in wine tasting, master class in playwriting, master class in acting, master class in Adam Carolla has one in podcasting that I want to take. A master class in coaching offensive football by Bill Snyder. I think people would sign up. But anyhow, the Bill Snyder brand is real. There's, there's talk about opening up a Bill Snyder museum. Well, didn't, shouldn't Sean be involved in that? Shouldn't be protecting the the trademark that is Bill Snyder be foremost to them? I I don't know, um, but I don't think he'll be on the coaching staff. I, you know, like I said in a story earlier today, Chris Kleiman doesn't have a special teams coach. And for some reason, fans think that Bill Snyder always did. He most most of the years he has not. He did in his first year or two, and then he went to group coaching, which a lot of programs do. You divvy up the coaching. Different people handle different units. Um, and then in 2011, when Sean needed a new title, I guess he you know miraculously became a special teams coordinator and associate head coaches. That's about the time when Bill really got focused on making Sean the next head coach. So, I mean, it work, a program works fine without a special teams coordinator. You just got to pay attention to it and practice with other coaches. Uh, at the very least, it will end up in athletics or academics doing something. Um, I think there's a thought that you, you got to do it. I, 
I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't I don't get it. It's a 49 year old man who's making a half million dollars right now. Why are we feeling sorry for the guy that he might lose his job like everyone else on the staff has? I got nothing. I got nothing. That's it. We're going to break. I need to be at the bridge also looking right now. But I'm not. I'm here. The gang will return with more of the Power Camp Podcast. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus their back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Auto-correct your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. Back to Fitz on the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. The Power Camp Podcast has returned. I had a thread up on Wabash uh, earlier this week asking for input on the podcast. Is we're going to make some tweaks next year, like next cycle. We won't change things. After basketball. Yeah, after basketball, after the spring, after the summer when I'm tanning. How about we... Uh... Go ahead and just make that a change too. Let's just not do that. Dot tan? Don't I don't think I'm, I'm gonna I'm take your old office after we move you out and I'll make that tanning booth. I'm down. So I mean I'll just walk it around in a speedo with my little little glasses, little eye protector things. I think they're called goggles. Yeah, that's it. That's kind of not much different than my speedo either. Um but yeah, that'll just be there. Just the constant, that hum and that smell of cooking skin. That'll be what our office is all about. Uh, I do really want your input on the podcast. We're, we're playing with a bunch of different ideas, and here's what's going on: uh, the the, uh, the return on the pregame podcast isn't worth the effort. It's a it's a high production thing. <clears throat> a lot of scripting, a lot of that stuff. We're going to probably take those segments and break them up into smaller podcasts uh, that will scatter out there. We'll do a roundtable. We'll one, one day we'll have a roundtable. That'll be the podcast. You know, we'll, we'll bring Fritchin in. We'll have other people come in. I'd love to do a player one. Uh, it's kind of hard to ask those guys just to drop in on their own. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, But we're looking at doing more little things. And and yet you got to balance it with this. For whatever reason, 24-7 isn't high on podcasts. So you gotta gotta keep the bosses happy too. They don't feel like it. Uh, I feel like it creates a brand loyalty, but it isn't a click driver, which I don't quite agree with. But if you think about it, because the software 
the podcast doesn't actually reside on their servers. It resides like on SoundCloud. Um, they get the clicks. So I kind of get it. Anyhow, we're going to boil that all down. We're going to figure out what we're doing. But this long form, although this week's short, weekly podcast will exist. It will still continue in this this form. We might just do more little stuff as the week goes. Might just have a questions for Fitz thing. Or might have, I don't know. We're, we've got, it's an open palette. We can just, people can come up with ideas. Anyhow, we're sponsored by The Fridge. That isn't going to change. Our friends at Robbins Motor Company will still be part of something. They'll, they'll certainly participate in the ongoing podcast as we move forward. And, and our friends at uh, the High Low will be on board because we're not letting them go because we get trade. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. This isn't about them. It's, it's, a, it's about us. We need to go more then. Yeah. You know what? I feel like, particularly Jeremy down at Tanner's, is getting his money's worth this year. There were some some times when he's sponsoring, and I'm eating and drinking a a lot, you know, and he's just kind of rolling with it. I I feel like cancer has been his ally. He's like getting his money back in the last year or so. Didn't you use our trade on one day of the NCAA tournament that year that I went to Sacramento? I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, he used the trade. He used it all. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. But uh, yeah, we have. I haven't been out and about that much. I'm not. I'm not supposed to be drinking right now. I could start again. In fact, I will Friday night at a Christmas party. But I got to be careful. Go to the high low. They're fantastic. Okay, now let's move on to our questions from All Bass Station for the overtime. Is it fun? Is it fun? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Zach Carlson. Uh, from Wildcat Pilot 88, where would you rank North Dakota State among current FBS teams, and what bowl game would you put them in? Well, they're better than North Texas. I'll give you that. Zing. Uh, I picked them to cover. Well, they wouldn't be. Look, I, the thing about North Dakota State is you watch them Dakota. And, and Dakota, and you see some really good players. You see some guys that can play at this level. Uh, for me, particularly along that offensive line, uh, you know, we got a receiver that's good, linebacker's good. So you got to kind of pick your battles. A defensive end, I really like. But they're just so damn disciplined, well coached. They execute well. They know who they are. They play to an identity. Uh, they they wear you out. I love it, man. South Dakota State was supposedly a, a good team, man. They were ten and two going to that game. They just got worn into the ground by the physicality. I want that. That can work in the Big 12, can win a lot of games. But talent-wise, you match them up with, uh, I mean, they're not going to compete for a bowl, maybe even in the Mountain West. They will in the MAC. They certainly will in the Sun Belt. Conference USA, they could compete in Conference USA. Um, I just don't know. They also got to realize if they were an FBS, they'd be playing a tougher schedule. So they wouldn't be undefeated. They'd be... Seven and five, eight. There, and four. There's a lot of benefits here to being the big badass bully on the block, which would be a good Twitter handle. Big badass bully on the block. That's, yes. that's, I think that's too long. It's really it's long. More than 17 characters. Big badass bully. Uh, because not. you're better than everyone, so you clear the benches by the fourth quarter, and you get them experience, and you protect your other guys from injury. And then the next week, you're, you're better rested, you're better healthy, and if you do get an injury, these guys have more experience. It just kind of perpetuates itself. They seem like an Outback Bowl team. You know, 
They seem the, very big. Put them in the 10. Fiesta Bowl against Central Florida for funsies. Oh, I'd never cheer for a team more than I would North Dakota State in that game. I, uh, I, I heard the other day that the Outback restaurants are not really Australian. I find that what? Really? Yeah. They don't what? Have, I know. I know that the guy that does a commercial, fake accent. But they serve Fosters. <laughs> Fosters is also not an Australian beer. <laughs> All I can say is if when I go to Australia someday, I'm going to go into every restaurant and say, I want a Bloomin' Onion. <laughs> you can do that in America, Fitz. <laughs> I don't know. Next question. From Purple Pancho Villa, which is a new name. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's not a new name. It's a new name. It's a it's an old subscriber. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I like Purple Pancho Villa. Yeah. There we go. He Riley didn't know how to say Villa. <sighs> Who is this Purple Pancho Villa guy? Well, hail in Beloit. No, it's Beloit. Well, I like Beloit always gets, <laughs> Beloit? Like a, gets like a country accent. <laughs> like we don't have education or something. All right. The question is, Alex Barnes in the draft, given he runs an honest 40 time that fits the league, what are the chances he goes undrafted? I got to be honest. I don't see Alex Barnes having a, a super uber successful career. Well, here's the problem is running backs in the NFL are interchangeable parts. I.e. the Kansas City Chiefs. They're interchangeable parts. Guys come, they go, they you can go through them, you can wear them out. Or they can do bad things and you just let them go. Look, Kareem Hunt's a great player, but uh, the Chiefs losing the Chargers didn't, that wasn't a big reason why. I mean, everyone, have you noticed everyone's Bill Snydering? Well, that, one, that Chiefs offense yeah. now, they're going to run the ball, run the clock. They're going to try to take well, the Well, that one kid had like two touchdowns in the year or yeah, something like that. Exactly. Um, and what, and the other thing that's working against Alex is he used to be a prototypical running back for the NFL. Now he's not. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to the smaller shift to your college guys as the offense has evolved. I think if he runs a legit 40 time, which I doubt he will, to be yeah. real honest, I think he's adequately fast on a football field. But I, I want to see what he runs uh, with a – you know, electronically, professionally, time 40. I think he'll get drafted in, in a late round. I can see that. Five, yeah. six, seven. I, I just I feel like he'll be the Elijah Lee of the NFL. That's fine. Stick around. That's good. Make it in game every now and then. Hey, hey, the goal here is to make it five years. You make yeah. it five years, you're full pension the rest of your life. I I think it's, it's interesting because I think his stock would never be higher than it is right now. How about I just don't think his stock's that high? I don't agree with that. I think uh, he would have really thrived in this North Dakota State. Well, no, I, I think he would have been good, but I, I don't I don't see him getting to the point where he's a second-round draft pick. No, I, like I agree. That. He is what he is. I see your point. From Watacat, with Die Hard being the greatest Christmas movie ever made, uh-huh. what's the second? Okay. Oh, Christmas Vacation. Well, I'm not willing to give him that. So the second greatest Christmas movie is, is Elf. Home Alone 2. Oh, Elf is pretty good. <laughs> you fought the Home Alone banner last week. This week he's going Home Alone 2. I forgot two. about Elf. That's pretty Elf's, good. Elf's the second best, and Christmas Vacation is the first. So um, I do not respect your opinions anymore because you think Die Hard is the greatest Christmas movie ever. I haven't seen Die Hard because it's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, Talk, Fitz. We want to hear you. 
Let's go to the next question. Christmas vacation. <laughs> For my like pickles cat, should Beasley's jersey be in the rafters? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's going to be in there. We know that yeah. for a fact. <laughs> Gene said it, but. I just got to find when to do it. I mean, what do you say? He wants a time when Frank can come back. That was Beasley. Or that was Pullen. Pullen. Yeah. They both should. I mean, be. they should be to probably do it together, wouldn't you think? Eh, I would do Jake on his own day. Jake deserves his own day. Yeah. Boy. Magruder probably needs to be up there, too. I can't decide on Rod. They won a Big 12 title because of him. <laughs> Don't get interesting. I don't know. I, Here's what, but KU puts up one every other year. Why can't K State? Why it, does K State have to have such tough stipulations? Because they, they, they get more better players at KU. No, but like they put people up there like. Does it kick K State's ass every year? Look, Mario Chalmers was a great player, but he's in the rafters because of one shot. If he doesn't hit that shot in the national championship game, he's not in the rafters. Well, I can agree with that, but he hit it. What I'm saying is KU just throws it out there. If wow. if KU's standards were at K-State, Cartier Martin would be in the rafters. Hey. Basically, basically, it's KU does it. Were you the best player on the team the yep. year you played? You're in the rafters. Hey, yep. let's just let's put it let's put it on the table what it is. KU's extremely slutty with their rafters, <laughs> and K-State are the good good girls. Max They're Falk. a little more protective of their. Chastity in the rafters. Max Falkenstein is in the rafters. I don't <laughs> Literally? Yes. I think that's cruel. Oh. Hey, Max! God dang it. <laughs> From Purple Pancho Villa, uh, GPC has a staff spelling bee. Who is the favorite? Not me. Uh, Guys, not I can't spell definitely. No. Oh, I can. Def- Most people can't spell definitely. Defiantly is out there a lot. <laughs> well, that's much different, folks. Definitely and defiantly are much different. You would think in our careers we would all be great spellers, but I rely on Microsoft Word spell check frequently. I, I tend to find myself so far off in the spelling of the word, I go to Google. Because Google's really smart. It can get you there pretty I got to think Zach well. or D. Scott, right? It's got to be D. Scott, doesn't it? Are you Probably D. Scott. I mean, I'm okay, but like, if it was a geography bee, I'd take all of you guys to the cleaners. Ooh. Well, yeah, because wow. like, we'll be out in BFE, Oklahoma. Ah, Oklahoma's not okay. good. Zach lived there. We'll be out in BFE, Texas, and Zach's like, Ugh. well, yeah, you just take off this interstate, two exits to the left, and then boom, you're there. Take a left on Main Street. And I'm like, we don't know where we are. Hang on. I have an issue with what you just said oh. about BFE, and then you put a name on the end. Do you know what BFE stands for? What yes. the E stands for? It stands for Egypt. B- fine. BF Texas. But uh. then it doesn't make any sense. Just, just out of BFN. Egypt. We're in BFN, okay? I, I don't know what the BF stands for. We're Did in you, Egypt, Kansas. Could you explain BF, the BF for me? BF, Egypt, Fine. Kansas. We're in BFN, and Zach knows where to go all the time. Of course he would win the Geography B. We'll be in West Virginia, and he knows where to go. Next to Go Powercat, a Geography B. God, no. Uh, I use my GPS to get to Hayes. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Well, it's only when I get close to Hayes. I just don't know which exit to take. I, I my friends use, move every year. I will use my. G- what? There's more than one exit at Hayes. Yeah. Yeah, there is. There's like four. Come what? on. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. I thought you exited the Golden Corral. And that's it. I mean, you can, and I could get to my friend's house by doing that. But there's quicker exits to get there. I'll, I'll flip enough. on my GPS going to Kansas City, even though I don't know where I'm going, just in case there's like a wreck or something. 
So I don't know how people got around before GPS. Uh, let's bring Fritchin in for that. Hey, D. Scott, how did I get around before GPS? Well, man, you cussed a lot and you yelled. It's <laughs> a terrible D. Scott. That's terrible. <laughs> Fitz used to cuss so much, man. It was crazy. I was so bad. I was so. You still do that, though. I, <laughs> GPS. There is no one on the face of the earth who's benefited more with their mental health from GPS than me. I have no sense of direction, and I freak out if I don't know where I'm going. And the shortest fuse when driving. And now it's really bad. It's, I have no fuse right now. From Mountain Joe, how has Les Miles changed the recruiting season, if any, at all? Well, he's getting. He's take you're jumping in on kids that K State has committed, and yeah. now they're thinking about flipping. Ah, he's just being annoying. He's just being a dink. He okay, really is. I disagree with you there. I'm sorry, but I think that he's just trying to get commits. I don't. Well, think he is, but I think he's wasting his time on some of these kids. And let's be real blunt: um, are they really? That big a loss to K-State, some of these kids. Well, no. So I'm like, okay, dude, do your thing. I don't know if he's just trying to fire. I See, I think his whole role there is to fire up the masses and motivate them, and this plays into it. We're screwing the K-State. Yeah, man. Where football's going to be good. They're such idiots. Would you waste your recruiting class, though, just to piss off a fan base? Wait, no, those those kids can help his program. Yeah. I mean, but they're kind of your typical Bill Snyder guys right Okay, now, well, then man. we're kind of agreeing on the same thing. I, I've truly... I really think I, he's going after guys like Gavin Potter because he thinks Gavin Potter can help him. But if Gavin Potter was committed to Iowa State, would he be going after him? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. I think he's just he, – he's he's being a – I'm, I'm going to call it right now. That's going to be a total mess when it's all said and done at KU. From Imonica, Kleiman has stated previously that he is a traditionalist, so how much change do we see in pregame next season? Well, we'll get rid of Proud of This House, I think. I don't think so. I, I, he's a, I don't think he's going to have any role in that stuff. I think traditionalist means uh, there's some football things he's not going to change. But he, he talked about how he, he listens to player input on uniforms. So I think you're going to see some alternates. You'll probably see some different pregame music like Warm-up music. All of the stupid things that Bill Snyder micromanaged. He was probably the only coach in the country that cares about pregame music. It's the stupidest thing. If you ask Chris Kleiman, hey, what do you want to hear for pregame music? And he's probably never been asked that question in his life. He'll probably say, I don't know, let my kids pick it. And you guys, Athletics Park can approve it to make sure it's family friendly. that's, That's what most coaches would do. Um, I do think we might see if things like uh, Pride of This House change, it'll be because athletics is now unburdened by, you know, they can go do stuff. I just think they just need to get a different song. That's all. Man. Just change some things. You Smoke. Who is it, Brooks or Dunn, that did something bad to your family? Which one? <laughs> Both of them Dunn. didn't. Brooks and I had a good relationship, but then Dunn jumped in and. You're uh, <sighs> running. Not great. From Adam K sixty three, how long do you think that the athletic department has been holding on to these ideas they've put out for football for the football department on social media? Oh, they've had the ideas. It just they heard no constantly. No, we're not doing that. I mean, they had all these coach interviews done. Bill Snyder never approved them. Like they just had content that was completely harmless, but Coach Snyder wouldn't approve it. Wouldn't let it be released. It's crazy. I don't understand why they wouldn't just run it. 
Who cares? Not like he would know. Like honestly, I don't know. What's he gonna do? Retire? <laughs> Is he gonna quit? <laughs> like thought. <laughs> It just became about telling people no at some point. It's just weird. It's sad that the creative minds haven't been able to to really utilize it. Um, because, guys, we're talking about a 5-7 and seven football team that just hired a coach from the FCS levels. And people are ready to jump off a bridge for this guy. That's not the right expression. Run through a wall. That's so common, though. It's so cliche. I wouldn't jump off a bridge for him. <laughs> I don't like him, but even it's with just, a bungee cord, you could have had so much more fan interaction and excitement about your program if you had just given them something. They just felt so disconnected from the program. Yep, and that's that's what's really sad is I I know that Coach Knight always put up barriers between his program and the media, and I I get that. I mean, I'm not totally I'm, I'm not disconnected i understood let's limit distractions i got that but eventually he started putting up barriers between his program and the fans it's like just come to the games we're your team well you're not going to enjoy the the product or the atmosphere but just you you should come to the game became like a duty and that's just not what college sports should be like from prairie cat the or the best. What is the best journalist vacation? A bowl game, NCAA tournament, or staking out a flight at Salina Municipal Airport? <laughs> Probably not the last one of those. Yeah, I like the best thing I've ever covered is the Final Four. I mean, a major bowl game would be fun, uh, but bowl games are a lot of work. Yeah, they are. I mean, <laughs> but both are a lot of work. But bowl games are if you if you're really there earning your keep. You're doing press conferences and two or three content items a day. I mean, they're a 12-hour day. Not much enjoyment out there. Um, I got to say NCAA tournament. NCAA tournament is is work, but uh, it's, it's – I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Well, it's like I was telling Zach earlier. We had a setup. K-State played Creighton on uh, – I think it was the Thursday of that first weekend. So they played Creighton. Thursday, they win, so they're going to play on Sunday. No, no, sorry, Saturday. So Friday, yeah, we had to work. We had a media. We had press conference and things like that. That started at like 1130, I think. And we were done by 4 or so, something like that. And then we had the rest of our day to do whatever we right. wanted. And then the next day, well, Casey doesn't play until 6. So you have all. So it's nice. You get a lot of work done. You get to see a lot. But there's also a time to kind of relax and enjoy the fact that you're getting paid to be in Charlotte and be in Georgia and hang out and watch basketball and all this well, stuff. Charlotte's a perfect example. It, was a, it too, was a, a, a Thursday. No, it was a, it was a Friday, Sunday. Whatever it was. Because we had a – Saturday was uh, – St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, you're right. So we got our work done, and the media as a group went out on St. Patrick's Day. You don't get to do that stuff at at bowl games, or or if you do, you're kind of not doing your full measure of your yeah. job. Um, but on the other hand, bowl games they treat you like royalty. Yeah, the, <laughs> the better the gifts. better the bowl, the better the treatment, the better the things you get to do, the better organized and media opportunities are. Um, but you felt it for the first time. The Big Twelve tournament is fun. That's good. It's enjoyable. But then you go to the first, second round of the NCAA tournament, and that's that's a step up. But then you really you got to experience the Sweet 16 rounds and the Elite Eight round and how much more important everything wild. feels. Well, then it's tenfold when you go to the Final Four, and I'm so glad I got to cover one. Unfortunately, it was for Kansas when I was at the Salina Journal. But 
it, it was by far the most incredible thing to cover because the, all the media is there, and uh, there's just an air of importance to everything you're doing. From KSU number one, is there any chance Wally names his kid after Fitz? <laughs> well, first of all, it was a, a girl, um, but Timothea was apparently didn't make it out of the first round bracket. I don't know. It was your Virginia. We thought it was the one seed. Yeah, Timothea sounded like a good name, but just didn't cut it. The child does have a name. I don't feel like it's my business to offer that name right now. Uh, it's a very, very nice name. And I can't remember it, so I can't offer it. So. <laughs> well, you get referred to as Fritz by a lot of people. Do you think we could pass Fritz off as a female name? Uh, no, that's a German Shepherd name. <laughs> Maybe a Or a volleyball coach name? Yes. Yes, it's different. Not that she's a German Shepherd. That's weird. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no. Uh, Seems to me every time someone tries to insult you, it's Fritz. Yeah, they, so. they try like that really bothers me. It doesn't really bother me. It just kind of tells me you don't know my name. It doesn't. Are you know? stupid? Yeah. It's like, hey, Fritz, it's Patterson. Oh, wow. Really got me there. <laughs> Woo. Zing. No. Uh, no. It's a very, very nice name. Uh, this is the last question of the podcast from Wildcat Pilot 88. Ooh, newcomer gets the last question. Yeah. Congrats. Uh, Coach Kleiman stated on his interview today that there would be an alternate uniform. What would the unis look like if you designed them? I've said it before. I don't want anything wacky. I just want some different combinations. I mean, the purple pants were kind of ruined by Ron Prince. I get flashbacks. Uh, but I would just love to have a white helmet with a purple power cat, a purple helmet with a white power cat. I think the idea of the traditional uniform uh, is important for K-State's identity. You can't get wacky with it like Oklahoma State or Oregon. Um, Don't call them saying get wacky. They have. I wouldn't call them wacky. Yeah, the helmets are wacky. The uniforms themselves are not. Well, that's say what I mean, though. I'd they, say they're pretty basic. Yeah. But no, they're not. They've got like they wear a different helmet every week. Yeah. Well, I don't. But uh, the, to wacky, that's just, wacky. The, wacky to me is what Oregon does. The, I guess, wacky I guess is when you turn on the TV, you got to you got to read the bottom to know who it is. There should be a sense of what, turning on the TV and understanding who the team is. Um, so I don't think they'll do anything too radical. But I think there's some really cool things they can do just to mix it up. Uh, here's the thing. Here's what I never got about Bill Snyder. We all know how he modeled the uniforms. It's the Dallas Cowboys. And he instead of blue, it's purple, but it's not even purple. It It's kind of this dark purple. That, new Orchid. New Orchid. <laughs> Zach that, knows it. That's exactly that's, what it is. That's the Nike name for it. It uh, it bothers me. It's not the K State. It's not even close to what the official K State color is, particularly the power cat on the helmet. That'll be interesting to see if that changes, gets closer. I don't know if Gene Taylor will even pay attention to that. Um, but what what franchise had the first alternate uniform that you can really remember as a kid? The Cowboys huh. with that that the jersey the with white the white shoulders. Yeah. It was the Cowboys. Did they have so, big stars on them? Yeah. Even the even the franchise he modeled his uniform after had an alternate uniform. They still wear it to this day. I think Oklahoma does it right. They've got just a few combinations Ugh. of di- – well, but they like don't have cream. a whole bunch. That's a very traditional thing. I don't That's like their weird. helmet. 
So cream's fine. I do love the fact that Kleiman kind of called out Oregon today on the radio. Oh, it did. He was like, "We're not going to beat Oregon," you know. And so that was funny. It just give me white, white, whatever. I want a white helmet with the Willie flag. Flag Willie. Oh, That's what I want. I'd love to see an all white, but like instead of purple, just chrome, like silver, kind of like what Oregon did. They've done it before, but do that with the Power Cat. I think that'd look cool. But what I want more than any uniform is just like a complete redesign of like fonts, word marks, not necessarily the Power Cat, but Nike would, it's in their contract that Nike can do this. K State can ask Nike or whoever else, you know to make us new stuff, make us new designs. Nike's not going to own it. You know, it'll be the universities or whatever. K-State should take advantage of that. I agree. You should go back and uh, read our uh, K-State Nike contract story. Stuff's in there. Hmm. Seems relevant now. Hmm. Is that a good story? Maybe. It was fine. Hmm. How did the deal with Texas go? Uh, the uh, attorney general has not gotten back to us. <laughs> <laughs> We're Texas. We do not have to answer your questions. Buffy, where's the tea? I need to sip some. Well, they sent us a Supreme Court ruling from a similar case that I kind of agree with, but also disagree with. Yeah, you uh, thought we were asking for national secrets. Yeah. What's Texas? Arrogant bastards. Okay, that's it for the Powercat podcast. Can hit it right there on Arrogant Bastards. Is that a movie? Uh, in Glorious. Yeah. That is a totally different movie. Never mind. That, never mind. Sponsored by Fred Wholesale Liquor. And this segment was brought to you by our good friends at the Hilo. Get in there for a burger, some pizza. I like to call it pie, Riley. I know so about you. Pizza Pie. And, of course, Tanners and Wahoo are other segment sponsors. Thanks for listening. Appreciate all your input at Wabash Station. The site is absolutely rolling. It's fun to see all the new voices out there adding to uh, the conversation at Wabash. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.